front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. We call for these mighty men of valor. The Lord put a vision in my heart for a new movement amongst men in the body of Christ. The Lord says that I'm going to make champions out of those who would gather unto me. And I believe what men on the front lines will do. And I see it going into the nations. He's going to raise the bar among men. It's time for heroes to arise. I'm Robert Hodgkin. Welcome to Heroes Arise, the show that equips, encourages, and empowers you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you've got a key role to play for the kingdom and the earth. So thank you for joining me again this week so we can continue to pour into you. What I want to focus on this week is... I want to make you aware of what the enemy is doing behind the scenes right now. But even more than that, I want to give you keys, strategies for success to help keep you focused and effective for the kingdom of God in these strategic, these epic, and these historic days that we've been blessed to live in and you've been handpicked by God to live in. But just before we get into all that, I've got one quick announcement for you. Hey, do me a favor and like, share, and subscribe this video. If you're getting it on my public Facebook page, then like and share from there. Um, subscribe to that page or whatever it is you do with the public Facebook page. I can never remember. They just changed the page display there. And I got a notification of that and that I was in a new display. And one of the things we noticed was that people who were following and liking the page, I think the follows are still there, but all the likes got removed. So we're trying to uh, administrate that and reach out and get people to re-like. The reason is, is then you are notified when we upload new content. Same thing with my Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel. Go there, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and that way you are notified every time we upload new content. I've been uploading uh, prophetic words. I've been uploading Heroes Arise episodes, um, Word Up episodes, God's Top 5 episodes, Ask Robert episodes. We're constantly putting out content. It's all for free. It's all for you. But when you like, share, subscribe, all of that great stuff, five-star review, it helps because it does something to the algorithm that brings it in front, brings the videos in front of more people's eyes, brings the podcast in front of more people's ears, and we can equip and encourage more heroes just like you. So thank you for being willing to be part of our marketing department by liking, sharing, subscribing, five-star reviewing, all that great stuff. All right, let's jump into this week's topic. Last evening, I was part of an apostolic and prophetic roundtable conversation. We do them about once a month. They're really great. They're super helpful because I get to hear from other uh, apostles, other prophets. They're hosted by Patricia King. She's amazing at hosting them, and I'm really blessed to be a part of them. Last night, we were sharing um, and, and strategizing in regards to the overturn of Roe v. Wade and kind of uh, get going further into God's heart for what he's doing, what he wants to do. And what was interesting is each and every one of us, everybody that was on the stream, um, every, each of the prophets, each of the apostles, we had pastors on there. It was a great, great group. And every single one of them were saying, this is a great victory. 
We need to celebrate this victory. Some were saying they felt the celebration. Um, uh, all were saying this is a victory of God worthy of the celebration. But every single person was saying that they were also feeling as great a moment as this is, that it's a victory um, in the, the it's a victory in a battle. It's not the war. And that all of us could feel that the enemy was up to something behind the scenes, that he's cooking up counterattacks and plotting counterattacks and counter moves. And we were talking about things in the natural, like the, the things that are in the works to potentially um, illegally and unconstitutionally expand the Supreme Court so there's more justices so they can stack them filled with leftist and liberal uh, justices to to reverse the reversal and then pass legislation and legalize things that are just as wicked or maybe even more wicked than what's been going on. Now, I'm not here to talk about politics today, but I just want to make you aware that there are things going on in the natural and all of you out there who are feelers in the spirit, I know you're feeling this discerners you're discerning this you know prophets you're hearing and seeing this that the enemy is up to something behind the scenes the enemy rarely takes a defeat and just goes oh well i guess i'm defeated i mean the enemy is defeated and yet he still plots he still ploys he still schemes he still scams so we could all feel that this is a moment to beware. And I mean that in the most literal or the most original sense of the word. Not beware as in be afraid. Beware as in be aware. Be aware. Be on guard. Be on watch. Be on the lookout. Be active in your faith right now. Now is not a time to, to celebrate, absolutely, but celebrate and then stay focused. Rejoice in what the Lord has done. Be reminded that we serve the God of the impossible and he is well able to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, despite the plots and ploys of the enemy. Remember, after 49 years, five months, and two days, during an administration that is the most liberal leftist administration this country has probably ever had, and easily the most vocally anti-life, pro-abortion, pro-midterm abortion, pro-late-term abortion, pro-post-term abortion administration we have ever had, public and vocal about that, that was the moment. This is the moment God chose to overturn legalized child sacrifice in this nation. We had a great conversation about how to be there for the church and to be there for people, to be there for uh, single mothers, scared mothers, all that. It was a wonderful conversation last night, but one of the best things was to hear that every single one of us was sensing that we have won a battle, but we're still at war. And we need to be aware the enemy is cooking up counterattacks and counter moves in the natural and in the spirit. So what I want to do today is encourage you in that because we can hear that and we can go, oh my gosh, it's just one thing after another. Or, oh my gosh, seriously, I thought this was a victory. It was a victory and it's a victory worthy of celebrating because our great God, our God of the impossible did what seemingly was impossible and he's not done. But just like we've prayed into this for years and worshiped into this for years and praised into this for years and decreed into this for years and saw the fruit come forth, 
we're going to see more giants slain. We're going to see more walls come down. You know, this morning in our revival prayer time, we get together every morning at Shiloh Fellowship at 9 a.m. And we've got a great group of believers that come together to meet with God. It's a prayer meeting, but every day there's no agenda. We just get to, we, we meet with God. We listen for the Holy Spirit. We follow the Holy Spirit. And every day he shows up in power and gives us downloads, gives us revelation, gives us strength strategies. It's a, it's a glorious, glorious time. And today when we were praying into a lot of what I'm talking about now, one of the things the Lord reminded me of was that in 1 Samuel 17, when David went to slay the giant Goliath, he was very confident the giant was coming down. He was very confident that he was going to slay the giant because his God was with him. His God who had been with him with the lion had been with him when he overcame the bear. He knew he would be with him and he would overcome Goliath. He actually declares to Goliath, um, my God will kill you and I will cut your head off. David knew Goliath was coming down. He was a man of great faith, great faith in God, great faith in what God had equipped and encouraged and empowered him in. But here's what the Lord reminded me of in the midst of all that, as we talk about the giant of uh, legalized child sacrifice of Roe v. Wade being, being, being uh, uh, torn down in the nation, being defeated in the nation. David picked up five stones. In 1 Samuel 17, 40, it says, he, meaning David, took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the book, brook and put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had even in his pouch. And his sling was in, was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. He approached Goliath. Now, here's what's interesting. He might have done that just to make sure he had enough ammo in the magazine. You know, that might have been it. But what I feel the Lord was showing me in, in this was he reminded me that most theologians agree that Goliath had four brothers. And you can see evidence of this in 2 Samuel 21, verses 18 through 22. We won't go into all that. But there's pretty clear evidence in Scripture that Goliath had four brothers. So think about this. David goes towards the giant Goliath, who's been mocking and taunting Israel and the leadership of Israel and the army of Israel and has gotten Israel to cower on the sidelines. Well, David goes towards Goliath, not with just one stone and a sling, but with five. Why? Because I think David was very aware that in God, with God and for God, he had more than enough juice to slay the giant. Right. But he was also ready to slay the four brothers of the giant if he needed if he needed to. David was not going to the battle thinking if we can just get this one giant slayed, we'll hang in there. No, David was saying, whatever it takes. With my God, I'll slay one giant. I'll slay two giants. I'll slay three giants. I'll slay four giants. I'll slay five giants. If after I slay Goliath, his four brothers start scheming and scamming and start plotting counterattacks and counter moves, no problem. I've got four more stones. I've got one for each of them. Now, he wasn't being arrogant. He was being confident and filled with faith that his God who was with him with the, when he overcame the lion, his God who was with him when he overcame the bear, his God who was with him when he knew he was about to overcome Goliath, that his God was going to be with him in any battle it took to see the fullness of God's plans and purposes come forth for the nation of Israel. David knew he'd been anointed as king, as a leader, as, as a leader of the army, as a leader of the nation. And he went into battle knowing who his God was and knowing who he was. It didn't matter to David that his older brother mocked him. Saul liked his moxie, but didn't think he was anything more than a kid. 
uh, uh, Goliath mocks him when he comes to battle. He says, what am I? What am I, a dog? A boy with a stick is coming after me? What are you doing? But David knew who he was. He tuned out the voices of the world. He tuned out the voices of the enemy. He tuned out the voices of the doubters. He tuned out the voices of the mockers. He tuned out the voices of the afraid, the army of Israel cowering on the sideline. He didn't waste time attacking them, murmuring and complaining about them or, or shaming them. He just took care of business. And I'm telling you, this is an hour to take care of business. We've seen the giant of Roe v. Wade come down, and we need to beware. We need to be aware that the enemy is not happy. Good. We don't want the enemy to be happy. We want the enemy defeated. And we, he is defeated through the finished work of the cross. And we are legislating and executing that victory as God's dominion stewards in the earth. So, of course, the enemy is plotting counter moves and, and, and counter attacks. We need to be like David and know what we have in our, 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 our pouch is more than enough. Our God is more than enough. The authority he's blessed us to walk in is more than enough. His Holy Spirit that indwells us and works through us is more than enough. The substance of faith and the measure of faith that we've been given is more than enough, but we have to use it. We have to be aware. We have to beware. Be aware. Be on guard. Be on the lookout and be ready and be active. We need to keep praying, keep worshiping, not out of fear, not of, oh, my gosh, if we don't, the counterattacks are going to be huge and I'll lose everything. No, that we're taking the land. We're driving the enemy from the land. We might have we've defeated the, the Hittites. Now we need to do the Jebusites and the Hittites and the all the ites that are listed. We've talked about this when 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 Joshua was leading the people of God into the promised land, there were two major battles on the way into the promised land. Once they got into the promised land, there were tenfold the number of battles in the promised land to drive the enemy from the land. But God was with them in every battle and the enemy was driven from the land. God is with us. We are with God. We don't need to be afraid, but we need to be aware that there are counter moves countermeasures and counterattacks being plotted by the enemy in the natural and in the spirit. But as long as we keep walking with God in faith, knowing who we are and knowing who he is, we're going to see great victory. These are Isaiah 60 days. And we've been talking about this. We've been declaring this for years. And I think we are really in it, man. I think every time we've said it, you know, everything of God is always available to us. He's the great I am. Everything in him is always present tense, and we can access that through uh, through the finished work of the cross, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I believe more than ever, though, that we are living in Isaiah 60 days. And you know the scripture well, but I'm going to reread it because it fits in so well with how to live in these days. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, Darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your shining. Lift up your eyes round about and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar and your daughters will be carried in the arms. Then you will see and be radiant and your heart will thrill and rejoice. Are these days where there's darkness on the earth and deep, gross darkness on the people? Absolutely. And, And it's so easy to see. And God actually tells us in here, we've talked about this before. God says, behold. 
darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples. He's saying, I want you to see it. I don't want you to turn away from it. I don't want you to be afraid of it. I don't want you to be intimidated by it. I want you to see it because with me, you're here to deal with it. And the other thing I want to emphasize is right now, if we're not careful, we'll look at the darkness in the earth. We'll look at the deep, gross darkness on the people. We'll look at all the wickedness that's running around rampant, the perversion that's on display everywhere we look. And we can go, oh, man, darkness on the earth, deep darkness on the people. But God is making it very clear here in the first five, five verses of Isaiah 60. To his mind, darkness on the earth and deep darkness on the people is a half a scripture right? It's half of verse two in Isaiah 60. Everything else there is about who we are, who our God is, what we can do, why we can do it, and the results and the fruit. And if we keep moving forward, if we keep pressing in, if we keep stepping out in faith, knowing who our God is and knowing who we are in with and for our God, knowing what we've been blessed with in Christ, what we've been equipped encouraged and empowered within Christ. Come on, heroes, let's arise. We are going to see victory after victory after victory. Beware, be aware. The enemy is plotting counterattacks and counter moves, countermeasures. But be more aware, be more aware that we are well able to deal with every single one of them. And every single one of them is just another historic and epic opportunity to partner with God, to see great and glorious things accomplished in the earth. So with that in mind, let's talk strategy for success. I've already alluded to some of them, but let me get focused for you. And let me walk you through in this hour, some keys for uh, uh, staying focused and effective for the kingdom of God, strategies for kingdom success, kingdom victory in every battle battle we will face. Number one, we need to be more aware of who our God is than we are of what the enemy is up to. And yes, absolutely, as we've talked about, be aware. The enemy is plotting and ploying. He's scheming. He's scamming. He is, uh, he's coming up with counter moves and countermeasures. He'll put them forth in the natural. He'll put them forth in the spirit. He'll stir them up, stir them up, stir them up. But as much as we want to be aware of that, we need to be more aware of who our God is and what our God has done. Remember 2 Corinthians 2.14 that says, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. I've been praying this scripture over our partners quite a bit lately. And my favorite part of it is actually, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. I love that God starts this with, but so no matter what the enemy's up to, no matter what the enemy's scheming and scamming, plotting and ploying, no matter what countermeasure the enemy is going to launch, whatever, whatever counterattack he's going to launch, but despite all that, even with that going on, but negate, but praise be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. No matter what the enemy is up to, God says, hey, despite that, Give me thanks. Give me praise. That's where it starts because I always lead you in triumph in Christ Jesus. And staying in that place of praise, staying in that place of thanksgiving will help you stay more aware of who our God is, what he's like, what he's done, what he's won, what he's given, what he's capable of, what he's doing and what he will do. 
than what the enemy's up to. But thanks be to God, praise be to God, who always, 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 always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. Doesn't say um, leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus in the first victory against the giant, but then, wow, things are going to get sticky. It says, no, always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. Psalm 24, 1 Psalm 24, but especially verse 1 and verses 7 through 8, reminds us that, this is Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. So right now, my nation's in a spiritual battle, but you know what? God made my nation. It says the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. So all of my nation, the United States of America, all the people in it, all of your nation, whatever your nation you're watching from. I know we got people from all over the world that watch Heroes Arise and stream it right into your homes and computers and smartphones and tablets. And we're so grateful that we get to encourage and equip and empower heroes like you all over the world. Remember that your nation, your city, your state, your province, your territory. It belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. And then from that place, despite, okay, there might be a liberal leftist administration. There might be wicked policies being put forth. There might be crashing economies. There, there might be health challenges. Yet we need to understand those are things the enemy is up to. But the earth still belongs to the Lord and everything in it. The world and all who dwell in it are still the Lord's. And then in verse 7, goes through a whole lot more great stuff. Get in Psalm 24. Great psalm to be praying through and decreeing and praising through right now. But in verse 7, it then says to us, lift up your heads, O ye gates. You say, well, wait a minute. How is that addressing us? Remember what Jesus taught in Matthew 16. When we know who he is. And we stand on and listen to and give heed to what our Father says through our restored relationship, Him through the Messiah, Christ Jesus, that this is the rock He'll build His church upon, and the gates of hell will not prevail because He gives us the keys of the kingdom. He makes us the gate now, the overlap between heaven and earth, because what we loose into the earth will be loose from heaven, and what we bind in the earth will have been bound from heaven. That's Jesus Himself teaching us what it looks like to be the church that stands up upon the rock Jesus, the revelation of the Messiah, and the ability to hear from the Father, to, to give heed to the Father's word. And he's saying, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors. Don't be downcast. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. Don't stick your head in the sand. Be lifted up. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. Why? So that the King of glory may come in. Why is this important? Well, who is the king of glory? It asks. He's the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in, in mighty in battle. One translation says the Lord invincible in battle. So this is an hour to beware, to be aware, to have your head lifted up, to have your head on a swivel. So you're looking around, not in fear, but in ready anticipation to deal with whatever the enemy might do. We keep our head lifted up so that we can see that we're aware in the natural and in the spirit of anything the enemy's sending or stirring up or doing. But also we keep our eyes lifted up to God, to the report of heaven, to the victory of the cross, no matter what. Or if we get discouraged or frustrated or dejected or afraid, we shake that off and we lift our heads back up. We lift our faith back up. We lift our awareness back up and we start proclaiming, decreeing, declaring, operating in the authority we have in Christ Jesus to deal with what's going on because that brings, we bring, we usher in. God is sovereign. Absolutely. 
He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. We're actually contending for a great and sovereign move in our city, our state, and our nation right now every single morning. But we know that we have a part to play. And we've talked about that in a lot of episodes of Heroes Arise. I'm not going to go into that other than to remind you, God is sovereign. God has been sovereign. God will always be sovereign. God is large. God is in charge. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. But remember, since day six, his sovereign plan has, to, has been to have someone like you willing to be in relationship with him that he can use mightily as a dominion steward here in the earth. So we need to remember our God is God Almighty. Our God is the Lord invincible in battle. So whatever the enemy might be stirring up, our God is not only well able to deal with it, he has dealt with it. And that's our next key. That's our next key to staying strategically successful and effective and focused for the kingdom of God. Remember that the enemy is defeated. First John 3, 8 says this, the Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. I can't remember which translation it is, but there's one that says the Son of God manifested for this purpose to destroy every one of the enemy's works. And then Jesus in John 19.30, you all know this, he lifts up his voice when he's hanging on the cross, shedding his blood for us beginning the amazing, glorious process of overcoming all of sin, all of hell and all of death on our behalf. He lifts up his voice and he says, it is finished. He wasn't talking about his time in the earth. He was talking about his assignment in the earth. And that assignment, again, according to 1 John 3, 8, was the Son of God appeared or manifested for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. So when Jesus said it is finished, that means every work of the enemy is defeated and destroyed. Now, the enemy's a liar. So he'll do everything he can to lie to us, to make it look and feel and seem like he's not defeated, but he is. We don't deny facts, but we know facts change. Eternal truth doesn't. And the eternal truth is the enemy is defeated. We must stand on that. We must war from that. We need to be like David coming at any giant counterattack, any giant countermeasure. The enemy stirs up in the natural or the spirit. We need to be like David and come at it saying, who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine to come against the army, to come against the people, to come against the plans and purposes of a living God in my city, in my state, in my nation, in my territory, in my province. How dare you? I have been empowered by God through his Holy Spirit as his dominion steward in the earth. And my God will destroy you. And I'm going to cut your head off. And we need to have that attitude right now of bold confidence in our God that he's defeated every work of the enemy, no matter how it looks or feels in the moment. Key number three. This is an important time to stay out of the flesh. The enemy wants to catch us up in the flesh with all the gross darkness, all the, the excessive darkness, all the deep darkness, all the wickedness on parade, perversion on parade, the, 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 just the, the darkness, man. Every time we turn around, we can get into fear, frustration, doubt, anger. All of those things are of the flesh. 
And we need to shake them off and stay out of them. Why? Well, for one, they give a foothold to the enemy. It says right in Ephesians, I think it is, that anger gives a foothold to the enemy. Anger feels like power in the moment, but it's not. It's a lie. Anger actually comes from the from because we feel powerless, so we become angry and we rage. And there is power in anger, but it's power for the wrong team. And anger gives a foothold to the enemy. Fear works like faith, just in the wrong direction for the wrong team, right? That's Job said, that which I feared came upon me. Whereas faith will manifest the things of God, fear will manifest the things of darkness. So it's very important that we stay out of the flesh right now, because Ephesians says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We need to understand that we war not against flesh and blood. We're to be focused on those giants in the land, the powers, the principalities, the spiritual hosts of wickedness that are manifesting and stirring things up here in the land. I get it. Sometimes it's tough when you're looking in, you know, you're watching the news feed and there's a politician or a media person or a business person looking into the camera and just flat out lying and blame shifting and, 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 and being wicked and deceitful and unrighteous. You have to watch over your heart. I got to watch over my heart. We've got to watch over our heart to make sure that we don't get in the flesh. And even if, Flesh and blood is participating with the wickedness, knowingly or unknowingly, and you discern that, which is pretty easy to do these days. Remember, we worn out against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against those people. We're actually fighting for them to be set free too. Why is it so important that we stay out of the flesh? Well, one, because we don't fight against flesh, but two, because our weapons aren't carnal. The real weapons we have to slay these giants, they're not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. That's 2 Corinthians 10.4. And that's really the reason that it's so important to ask Holy Spirit to do heart checks, have Holy Spirit um, search your heart, search your mind, search your words, search your emotions to make sure that you are not getting into that carnal place of fear, anger, discouragement, depression, oppression, offense. You know, that'll all take you out of what's really effective because our weapons aren't carnal, but they are mighty in God. We want to be in God, not in our flesh, in God, not in carnality, in God, not in, in fear or in anger or in frustration or in despair, in God. Our weapons are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. And that's what we're doing. We're pulling down strongholds. We're slaying giants in the land. It's epic. It's historic. It's amazing. We're so blessed to be alive in these, in these amazing days. All right. Key number four out of five. Stay in faith. And I've talked about that a bunch or alluded to it a bunch through this whole broadcast today. But um, we need to stay in faith. We need to stay in faith in who our God is. We need to stay in faith in what our God has done. We need to stay in faith of what we already talked about, that he's almighty, he's invincible in battle, and he's already won all, done all, and given all. But then we also need to stay in faith in who we are in, with, and for God, like David did, despite what his big brother said, despite what Saul said, despite what Goliath said, David stayed in faith 
in who he was. He used that prophetic word that Samuel spoke over him, anointed over him. Paul tells Timothy, I can't remember if it's first or second Timothy. In one of his letters to Timothy, Paul says to him, mentors him and says, here's how you fight. You fight with the prophetic words that you've been given. Those are words from the Lord. You fight with those. You contend with those. You remind yourself who God has told you you are, and you act from that. This is an amazing hour. We all have prophetic words over us, but even more, we've got a thousand plus page instruction manual in how to war in the victory that he has given it. And every word is God inspired and we can be absolutely confident in it. So we need to stay in faith in who our God is, what our God has done. We need to stay, stay in faith in who he says we are and in him, with him and for him, that we are as David's, we are as Deborah's, we are as Mary's. We are his, his, his Joseph's and his Daniel's. He has handpicked you to be right here, right now, as one of his difference makers and solution bringers. We talk about that a lot here on Heroes Arise, but never has, been, has it been more true and never has it been more necessary and critical and, and exciting for us to remember that. First John 5, 4, John the Apostle writes and says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Do you realize you're born of God? You're born of the Spirit? That's, that's what Jesus talks about with Nicodemus in John 3, about this whole born-again experience. You've been reborn of the Spirit. You've been reborn of God. And it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And then it says, this is how you do it. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So our faith, in who our God is, our faith in what our God has done, our faith in what our, in what our God says about us, who we are in him, with him, and for him. We know we can partner with God in his authority, by his power, all to his glory, but we partner with him to see powers and principalities torn down, giants slain, and any counterattack, any countermeasure of the enemy rendered null and void. Luke 18.8, this is Jesus himself saying, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, we, we tend to think this has to do with the end times, and I'm sure it does. But, you know, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what God is looking for when he comes back on a cloud at the end of days is what he's looking for right now. Because Jesus will not only quite literally come back at the end of days, just as he says he will, he wants to come back now through us, the body of Christ. And what does it take? He's looking for a woman of faith, a man of faith. He's looking for someone just like you. And I'm so proud of our Heroes Arise audience, because you are a people of great faith. You're a people of fervor for the Lord, love for the Lord, faith in the Lord. But you're also people willing to believe you are who God says you are. And you're willing to believe that the mighty weapons he's given you in him, like praise, like praying the word, decreeing the word, like uh, declaring the word so angels are released to perform it, um, uh, praise, worship, praying in tongues, all these amazing tools and weapons he's given us that you're willing to grab hold of them, unsheath your sword and war in victory, not for victory, from victory, in victory to see that victory made manifest. The last thing I want to say about how to stay focused and effective for the kingdom of God in this hour, our last sort of supernatural success strategy for this hour when the enemy's planning counter moves and, and countermeasures is remember the Matthew 16 anointing. And I already touched on it, so I'll be brief. But Jesus says, 
when we get a revelation of who he is, you are the Christ. Well done, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And upon this rock, I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And I give you the keys to the kingdom so that whatever you loose in the earth will have been loosed from heaven and whatever you bind in the earth will have been bound from heaven. There's your battle plan right there. We remember that Jesus is the Christ. We remember through the Christ, we are restored to, restored to relationship with the Heavenly Father. We remember that we can hear directly from our Father. We're his sheep and we hear his voice. We have the word of God in the Bible that we can hear from. And when we choose to believe that over what the world is saying, what our flesh is saying, what other people are saying, the gates of hell cannot prevail. And all the gates are is a place where the enemy is, has something locked up, right? Some, where he has a stronghold. But we're here. Our weapons are not a carnal, but they're mighty in God. For what the pulling down of strongholds, the gates of hell will not prevail. When we choose to believe the word of God over the report of our flesh, oh my gosh, it's so dark, it's so difficult, it's one battle after another. No, it's one opportunity after another to advance the kingdom in the earth, to see the rule and reign of Jesus reestablished in the spirit and expressed through in our nations, in the natural. Oh my goodness, these are such exciting, epic, historic days and our God deserves to be praised. The Matthew 16 anointing is our strategy for success in this hour. Step into it, pray into it, review it. You are absolutely smeared and covered with that anointing and God wants to use you mightily in it. All right, the last thing I wanna do here is I wanna release the spirit of faith because everything that we're talking about has to do with faith. And remember when the 12 spies went into the land, they went to spy out the promised land and all 12 spies saw that the land was exactly what God said it was. They all clearly saw the promise, right? They could all clearly see it was a land flowing with milk and honey. They could all clearly see it was a land of abundant fruit, grapes, the size of basketballs, right? But 10 of the spies clearly saw the word of the Lord, the promise of God, but because they saw the giants in the land and the fortifications in the land and the enemy's warriors in the land, they freaked out. And their report was, we are but grasshoppers compared to all this. Oh my gosh, we better duck and cover. There's giants in the land. There's fortified cities in the land. There's enemy warriors in the land. Ugh. But Joshua and Caleb were of a different spirit, it says. Joshua and Caleb came back. And I, I think I have it here. I do. And this is, this. then Caleb quieted the people. So the 10 spies have the people all freaked out. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's a land flowing milk and honey. It's a, it's a, it's a blessed and promised land, like God said, but there's, there's enemies and it's not just one. It's one after the other. The people get all freaked out. They get all stirred up. They become aware of what the enemy is doing but they make the mistake of being afraid of what the enemy is doing. We need to be aware, but not afraid. Caleb quieted the people. I'm reading in Numbers 13, verse 30 here. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. I love this. So Caleb and Joshua is right there with him is saying, yeah, I, I guess there were giants in the land. I guess there were fortifications and, and walled cities in the land. I guess there were warriors with lots of weapons. I saw that. I'm aware of that. But are you aware of who our God is? Are you aware that our God has promised that he will be with us? He will fight with us and he and his angels will drive the enemy from the land if we just step out in faith? Come on, guys. Let's go. 
this is the moment that we're in right now. We have seen one giant fall. There are many more in the land. And there are many giant moves the enemy wants to cook up as counter moves and countermeasures. But you know what? We're going to be like Joshua and Caleb. And we're going to say, anything you send at us, well, we're going to partner with our God to see it defeated. Because we've got a whole pouch full of stones. We had one for Roe v. Wade. And we've got one for every giant countermeasure you're cooking up, enemy. Because our God has already defeated you. And what it comes down to is Joshua and Caleb were of a different spirit. They were of a spirit of faith. When the, the other 10 spies saw themselves as grasshoppers compared to the giants, Joshua and Caleb looked at the giants and said, they're grasshoppers compared to our God. So in the name of Jesus Christ, I release to you right now the spirit of faith. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would go and you would minister to every single person watching this and anyone who will see it later. God, I ask that you would minister the faith of God. You say in Romans, I believe it is, that you give us the faith of God, not just faith in God, but the faith of God. And God, you know who you are. You believe in who you are. You know who you've made us. You believe in who we are. God, I ask for that 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 faith of God to go out and ignite every single person watching. Let it burn in their bones. Let them burn with the revelation and the faith of who their God is, what their God has done, all that you have accomplished, all that you've given us, all that you've equipped and empowered and encouraged us to walk in in this hour to bring you glory and see your will and ways, your plans and purposes established in our cities, in our nations, in our families, in our bloodlines, in our world like never before. Lord, I call forth this company of Joshua and Caleb in great faith, in great reverence and awe for you, and in great confidence that as we walk with you, every giant will be slain in Jesus' name and to his everlasting fame. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for being with me for this episode of Heroes Arise. Please don't forget to go to my Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel and subscribe, the Rumble channel and subscribe. Um, go to the Instagram channel, uh, uh, my Instagram account and sign up for that so I can send you encouragement that way. And of course, here on my public Facebook page where we stream a lot of the stuff, uh, make sure to like and subscribe or whatever the new process is here so you're notified every time we upload new content but also so you you trigger the algorithm whatever way it does so you help us get word out further and wider so we can encourage more champions like you and hey while you're at it if you get a chance go to roberthodgkin.com i got a free download there for you or menonthefrontlines.com and click on the donate or give button and so into what we're doing we love creating all this free content we're going to keep doing it we're here for you i'm here for you. I'm here to cheer you on. I'm here to equip, encourage, and empower you. I am here to remind you who you are in God and all the great things he has for you. And if you're not in a position with everything that's going on in the world right now to sow into what we're doing, that's absolutely okay. We're committed to being here for you and we're going to keep doing it. But if you happen to be in a position where you could sow $5 or $10 or $10,000, whatever it is that you wouldn't miss, do me a favor, go to roberthodgkin.com or menonthefrontlines.com and click the donate or give button and sew into what we're doing. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here with me. And I'll see you again next week for another Heroes Arise. Ready for more? Go to roberthodgkin.com for more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and Men on the Frontlines.